0: What's up, guys? We are back with another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. As always, I'm your host, Justin Michael. I had a chance to catch up with Trey McBride yesterday uh, via Zoom. He's obviously a team DNBR athlete, so we're going to try and have him on the podcast throughout the season. We just kind of talked about, you know, what went well for him in this last week. We talked about the Vanderbilt game kind of what they expect to see all kinds of stuff it was a very enjoyable interview you know we talked about a couple of things they did do well in that South Dakota State game I understand why everybody's frustrated and I think it's it's more than justified I mean you don't want to lose by double digits to an FCS team even if they are really a good one I'm not trying to make excuses or tell everybody they shouldn't be upset my whole point was some of the content that we've made whether it be you know the Rams film room the takeaways or this interview was just that it wasn't all bad. There actually were some positives, especially after re-watching the game. I felt a little bit better. I know that feels crazy to say, um, but if they, you know, if they build off what they did well and improve in the areas where they didn't, I do think there's a chance for this team to at least be competitive. And again, as I've said multiple times, South Dakota State is not the worst team that CSU will play this season. I promise you that. So be skeptical if you want. I think that's fair. I'm not going to tell anyone they shouldn't be. I'm just saying, don't throw the towel in just yet. We have a long season ahead of us. I mean, they have an opportunity to to respond here against Vanderbilt. I I would say it's definitely a must-win for CSU. The players definitely view it that way based on what we've heard. But I do think just as a fan base as a whole, we've all gotten really reactionary, maybe even overreactionary. and I don't think it's necessarily anybody's fault. I think so much disappointment after, you know, the the expectations were just so high coming out of the McIlwain era. And then with the on-campus stadium, everyone kind of expected CSU to take it to the next level, to, you know, be Central Florida, to be Cincinnati right now, you know, to be one of these teams that was getting into the Big 12. And that's something I'll talk about in the next couple of days as well. I've been kind of trying to follow it all and and read it before I did a podcast on it. I don't think the Big 12 is going to stop at just these four teams. I don't think that is enough to move the needle as a whole. I think they know that. I think this is just kind of them trying to put a band-aid on the situation and and stop the bleeding a little bit and just stay relevant long enough to put a plan together. You know, we'll see. Maybe that's me trying to be too optimistic, but I would say, I I wouldn't say the chances of CSU getting an invite down the line, not anytime soon, not necessarily out the window just yet, but I don't know. We'll see. Need a whole lot more success because it's, it's clear that football success and, and recent success was highly prioritized during this first round of expansion for the Big 12. Anyways, you know, obviously this is the the conversation that CSU fans always wanted to be in. They wanted to be that G5 team to make the next leap. And I don't think it, it's unfair for them to have felt that way, especially at the time. I mean, it, it sure seemed like things were heading in the right direction, but at this point, you know, 2014, even 2015, there was still some optimism in those early years of the Bobo era. That feels like forever ago, man. And it's, it's just unfortunate that we started the, the season with such a disappointing loss. I mean, not that CSU fans aren't used to it between all the times they got smacked around by CU in the opener, but I just mean it's, especially this year, because Everybody was so excited. It had been two years till anybody had got to go into the stadium. There was such an electric crowd. It was there for the taking, you know. There was an opportunity for CSU to really capitalize, to win, to to capture an audience and create, you know, a younger fan base to an extent. That's that's going to be CSU's big issue if they can't, you know, get some of these students engaged out here over the next couple of years because more or less, I mean, the Bobo era led to an an entire generation of CSU students that just don't give a shit about CSU athletics. So I don't know, you know, things got to change and they got to change quickly whether that's going to happen. We'll have to see. I'm just trying not to talk about the negative 24 seven because I just think it gets a little old, you know, got to look for the bright spots when we can. And Trey McBride is definitely one of those massive bright spots. I mean, a dude that's been so dedicated to this program, a dude that's just been Nothing but a terrific representation of CSU football. I mean, a guy that gives it his all in every facet of the game, and you got to love that. And obviously really excited for his future. Going to get to that interview with him in just a sec. I also briefly want to talk about the season opener because we have a couple of CSU Rams legends participating with Michael Gallup on the Cowboys and Shaquille Barrett on the Buccaneers. That's still exciting. Again, trying to find the things worth being excited for as a CSU fan. Before we play that interview and before we talk about the season opener, you guys, it's stressful trying to buy a house right now. If you've attempted this process, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The housing market in Colorado is crazy. Let Mike and Virginia Chevalier take the burden off this extremely difficult process. They're going to alleviate so much stress. Take some of that worry off your plate. Chevalier Mortgage's ultimate goal is to take the stress out of buying and refinancing. They strive to give their borrowers options with their full financial picture in mind. With the highest level of integrity always putting their borrowers first mike and virginia are proud dnvr members they are csu alum they work nights they work weekends they do what it takes to make sure their clients are getting the best loan for their situation as mortgage brokers they're able to shop over a dozen different lenders with many different products to find the best fit for you they want their borrowers to know who they're working with and not feel bounced around they take the time to help their borrowers be as formed as they want every step of the way Mike in Virginia will take the burden off folks so they can focus on their home being a home, not just a house. They have a fun perk for DNVR listeners right now. If you visit them at dnvrmortgage.com, you can enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice. Most importantly, you're going to get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. If you're feeling a little more personable, you want to talk to somebody on the phone, give mike a ring at 970-412-2472 that's 970-412-2472 tell him justin from dnvr ram sent you or you can always visit dnvrmortgage.com michael chevalier nmls number 1931006 virginia chevalier nmls number 1910631 cool 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 like i said we will get to that mcbride interview momentarily also definitely want to talk about the season opener with Gallup and Barrett. I really briefly, though, wanted to talk about some exciting things that are happening over uh, with DNVR. We're going to have a CSU watch party for the Vanderbilt game at the DNVR bar for this Vanderbilt game. So if you can't make it up to Fort Collins this weekend and you're in the metro area, go over to the DNVR bar off Colfax and York. It's right across from East High School. Really, really cool spot. Used to be the three uh, Red line or three Lions soccer pub. I can't remember. Anyways, now it is the most in sports bar in Denver. Uh, I meant to talk about that before the week one game. We're going to have every CSU game on at the bar. So if you're in the metro area and you're looking for somewhere to watch it, head over there. I'm hoping there's going to be a lot of Ram fans there. I hope it becomes a fun atmosphere. Uh, I'll probably be there for some road games at some point this season, depending on how many games I ultimately travel for. Uh, Definitely, I'm thinking the Iowa game because I don't think I'm going to be able to get out to Iowa, unfortunately. But we're also going to have another watch party, this one in Fort Collins for the Toledo game. That is actually going to be at Panhandler's Pizza, you know, a Fort Collins OG establishment. They've got great pizza. It's a really cool, fun spot to hang out. Um, I haven't got to spend a ton of time there since they moved locations. I always knew, you know, the OG panhandlers when I was still in college over by campus, but I'm I'm just stoked that it, it's been revived. I'm stoked that it's back in the community, and I'm hoping that this works out. So, you know, if you're in Fort Collins or if you're willing to come up, it's a 2 p.m. kickoff, so it's going to be nice and early. You can still get home at a reasonable time. You know, it's not all these night games. I get why they have to do them. This is not me complaining about the night games. I'm just saying I also understand that the drive on I-25 is a nightmare because I do it all the time now. <laughs> But you got to do what you got to do for your team. You know, you got to be dedicated. It's worth it. You know, a couple hours on the road, not the end of the world, especially, you know, hopefully for some Rams wins. Gosh, that would be awesome. But it's going to be a great time. I will be there. We'll have some other people from the DNVR crew there. We're going to have merch for sale. It is going to be dope. Really looking forward to that one. So if you can make it out to Panhandler's Pizza for that Toledo game, I would much appreciate if you want to talk ball with me, I'm going to be there, you know, especially for DNVR members. I'm down to talk whatever you want. But if you listen to the podcast podcast as well, you don't just have to be a member. I'm not going to big time yet or anything like that. Um, You know, come by, you know, it's going to be a great time. We're trying to build up the CSU Rams community, especially, you know, in the DNVR universe. I think some people and, and I get it, you know, some of our biggest DNVR people, you know, some of our biggest media personalities, RK, Ali, you know, they're bust people. And I think that tends to make, you know, some of the general public think that DNVR as a company cares more about CU than CSU. That's not the case. Lindsay, you know, I mean, Brandon Spano, our, our CEO, our founder, he got married in Canvas Stadium this past summer. Lindsay, who he married, she's diehard Rams. CSU tells she dies and we have plenty of other people. Rudo, our Avalanche guy, he started his college career at CSU. Eric Weedham, our design guy, literally the person that does all of our creative stuff, all of our branding, all of our shirts. He's a CSU guy as well and a Fort Collins native. So I just wanted to be known, we're all about the green and gold at DNVR. And we're gonna have new shirts coming. We're gonna have a couple of new shirts coming this fall. I was actually hoping the Trey McBride shirt that we have in the works would already be out, but it's gonna be out soon and, and it's gonna be dope. So just stay patient. That's that's my advice. We got a long season. Try to enjoy the the little moments, and I'm gonna try and do the same. All right, let's talk about this Dallas Tampa Bay game, and then I will get to that Trey McBride interview because I know that is what everybody is most anxious for. I have a couple of things that I'm looking for in this game. Starting with, you know, how quickly does Tampa Bay come out of the gate? They started slow last season. You know, early in that. Arian's Brady tenure, I had some questions about what, you know, is this going to work? Is this going to, is this going to work for old Tom after being in new England all those years, new system. And eventually they just kind of let Brady do his thing. And that's when the offense really took off. Obviously the, the defensive talent has always been there. They have one of the best front sevens in the league. They've got a solid secondary as well. Based on, you know, the podcasts I listened to some of the articles I've read, uh, Antoine Winfield jr is just having an awesome camp. Love to hear that. Hopefully, he gives Tyreek, P, uh, Tyreek Hill excuse me, the peace sign again down the line. But I just want to see, does Tampa Bay come out like the dominant unit that they were over the final you know, 8, 9, 10 weeks of the regular season last year and into the playoffs? I mean, even though that offense did figure it out and Brady was able to get the ball into the hands of his skills, skill guys, obviously, Gronk had a couple of touchdowns in that Super Bowl. Antonio Brown was good in the playoffs. I mean, they found a way to make it work it was defense that carried that team. And I just want to see, are they able to replicate that success? Because it's tough to do in the NFL. We just don't see it all that frequently. You know, it's a big reason I I wonder, and this is a side tangent, if the Kansas City Chiefs are going to keep up their dominance, because it's just hard to stay at the top of the league for that long, even when you have a tremendous quarterback. I mean, when you think back, there've been a lot of really good quarterbacks to play in the league. Peyton Manning, for instance, you know, he doesn't have 10 Super Bowls. I know Brady is kind of an outlier in this conversation, but, you know, Ben Roethlisberger was really good for a lot of years. He only has a couple, you know, it's just, it's hard to be the best team in the league for a three, four, five year span, especially in consecutive years. Even the Patriots dynasty, which is one of the most impressive things to to happen in pro sports. There were a couple of years in between where they were not quite as good. They were never awful, but they had some down years, usually because of injury, which makes sense. But it's hard to stay king of the hill, especially in the NFL. The parity is just too even, and and that's what's great about it. I mean, that's that's the one thing that I think the NFL has a big advantage over college football right now is just you have good teams all over the country, and because of that, you have rooting interests all over the country. There's nobody that tunes out. You know, you have teams on the West Coast that are really good. I think the NFC West, top to bottom, probably the best conference in football right now. You have teams in the AFC that are. Good as well on the West. You know, Kansas City, obviously in Mahomes, but you have the Chargers on the rise, and people are hopeful about Denver this year. You have good teams. You know, in the Midwest, and you have good teams on the East Coast, the South. They're everywhere. College football right now, it's it's kind of become very regional. You know, you have like Ohio State and a couple of teams in the South and the SEC and the ACC. How many teams are are really really relevant on the West side of the country right now? Oregon occasionally, USC before they blow a dumb game. UCLA actually looks like they're pretty good this year, so I won't throw any shade at them. But you get my point. I mean, it's, it's really just a couple of teams that are dominating. Oklahoma, Clemson, Alabama. And then you have a couple of other teams that are just kind of also generally in that conversation as well. The Georgias of the world, LSU, Wisconsin, Penn State, teams like that. They're in the conversation, but they're not quite... At the same level of those couple other teams but i just wonder long term if they don't improve the parity in college football what happens do you have entire parts of the country that just don't care about it i think this is a, a segment that colin coward actually did you know you don't want it to become regionally based like nascar where it's only the south that cares about it you want to be more like the nfl where there are teams and there are pockets of the country all over where there's interest and i think he's spot on there i don't like most of coward's takes I think he probably puts on a show because he's trying to create engagement. So I, I don't even think he believes half of what he says. But I do think he can make, you know, intelligent takes when he wants to. And this was one of his better ones. <laughs> Anyways, I've gone way off the rails here, got way off track. Let's bring it all the way back. Let's talk about Tampa Bay and Dallas. Again, you know, quickly, I want to see how quickly does Tampa Bay come out? Are they able to keep up that dominance? It just doesn't traditionally happen in the NFL with Dallas, you know, I want to know what does this offense look like. We have questions about Tom Brady with Tampa Bay, and and obviously Father Time. At what point does that age catch up to him? I I don't understand how Brady's still playing at such a high level now. He's really an anomaly. But Dallas, you know, you don't know how healthy Dak Prescott is right now. It's been a couple of years since that offensive line was you know peak form, and I I believe I saw a news report that Zach Martin there all-pro guard, tested positive for COVID, so they could be out uh, without him. It's been a couple of years since Zeke has been at peak form. I mean, there's a lot of questions about this Dallas team. Their defense was awful last year. If they're as bad defensively as they were last year, they're going to get torched by this Tampa offense. So, you know, those are kind of the the big things I want to see. And then just from a CSU perspective, because I think that's why Most of us will be interested. I mean, football fans, yes, I'd watch the game, even if there were no Rams in the game. But the the storylines we're most interested in, can Shaq get a strip sack? You know, how does he look? How does he perform? I think he took a little bit less money to stay in Tampa Bay. I respect that. But I want to see, you know, how dominant does he look? He's had just an awesome run these last couple of years. I hope he's able to keep that up, stay in the spotlight, because he's just such a good dude. I mean, success could not have come to a better person. Than Shaq Barrett, and then for Michael Gallup, you know, this is a contract year for him. Shaq just got his deal with Tampa. This is a big opportunity for Gallup to kind of prove once again how talented he is. He has had a really solid NFL career, been really consistent, been a guy that stretches the field for the Cowboys offense, makes big plays, but they took CeeDee Lamb in the first round last year, and they signed Amari Cooper to a contract extension before 2020. The caveat is there is a potential out. I'm not sure if that is a team option or a player option after the 2021 season. So, I mean, Cooper's a guy that's making $20 million a year. If they were to cut him this year, it would be $28 million in dead cap money, $22 million uh, hit overall. They're not going to do that. It'd only be $6 million in dead cap if they did it in 2022. Again, I don't expect them to. It's just too much money to eat. But if Gallup comes out and he plays at a high level he's stretching the field and they decide hey you know we have a couple of really good young guys here in Gallup and Lamb why don't we flip Cooper you know they made the big trade to get him a couple of years back from the Raiders I still think Kamari Cooper's got a couple of decent seasons left in him as long as he stays healthy I don't know if he's worth the money that he's gonna get paid on this contract you know 20 million a year is a ton of money but you know again Just a big year for Michael Gallup in that receiving trio. They've got a lot of options, so hopefully he gets his looks. Hopefully he gets his targets, but it's a big year for him. Before I play this Trey McBride interview, I will say Dallas is definitely a landing spot I could see for Trey this upcoming draft. I mean, Jason Witten was so consistent for that franchise for so many years. I mean, really complete tight end. They just relied on him. He was a leader in the community, a guy they... Guy they really relied on, and if they just haven't had that these last couple of seasons, you could take Trey McBride right away and kind of make him that new tight end that becomes, you know, your just your consistent workhorse, guy that's going to make an impact as a pass blocker, a run blocker, a guy that has incredibly soft hands, that can move well in the open field. I mean, they understand the value of that position. And they're also a franchise that's really invested in Mountain West players over the last couple of years. I don't know if that is just because of Kellen Moore and his connections, but you know, they, they brought Gallup in, they brought Leighton Vander Esch in, they brought Cedric Wilson. There have been a lot of Boise guys to, and just Mountain West guys as a whole to come through Dallas. Something to keep an eye on. Just something to keep an eye on. Okay, okay. Let's play that Trey McBride interview. Uh, before I do, though, fire up your tailgates. The NFL is back. Get in on the action before opening night kicks off with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. With the NFL returning, DraftKings is giving all customers the opportunity to participate in this year's no-brainer offer. DraftKings Sportsbook has moved the spread to Tampa Bay, plus 73 for all customers. That means as long as the Bucks don't lose by 74 points, and they are not going to lose by 74 points, you are going to cash in. If you haven't tried DraftKings yet, don't miss out. DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when they bet $1 or more on any Week 1 football game. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up. Bet $1 on any football game to receive $200 in free bets instantly with the promo code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Free bet promotion for new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Maximum wager limits to apply. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. You know, I've also got to shout out the homies over at Solace Meds. They've got some smoking hot September deals for you. Solace Meds, the premier dispensary, they are always hooking it up, seriously. They've got incredible deals for you every single month. Solace Meds has four convenient Colorado locations one in Fort Collins, one in Wheat Ridge, one off Broadway, and one just blocks away on East Colfax from the DNVR bar. Here's what you can look forward to for the month of September Can America gummies are 25% off, Strains Tinctures are 20% off. Rockin' Cartridges, 25% off. Glacier Concentrates are 20% off. If you miss their Labor Day sale, that is okay because they have a Patriots Day sale for 9-11. You can buy three, get the fourth for 10 cents so so dope if you head into any location you can get a free solace bar these things are delicious or a king cone when you mention the code dnvr20 as well on top of that you're getting 20 percent off your entire order they're literally giving you free products and 20 percent off your order all you got to do use that code dnvr20 and you're going to get the hookup solace meds makes your cannabis shopping experience a delight head to their website s-o-l-a-c-e meds.com Order online, pick up at your convenience. Easy as that. Make sure again use that code DNVR20 to save 20% off your entire order and to let the homies know at Solace that you know DNVR is hooking it up. All right, cool. Let's let's play that Trey McBride interview. I feel like I've been teasing it for much longer than I anticipated. I thought this first part of the podcast was going to be about 10 minutes. It was about 20 minutes, but that's how it goes. Football season, got a lot to talk about. Anyways. Big thanks to Trey McBride for giving us the time. I think you guys are going to enjoy this interview. Sounds like the team has the right mindset, like they're pissed off. And uh, yeah, we'll see what they do against a very poor Vanderbilt team. I will have more content throughout the week, more written content. Make sure you check out our Rams film room. I'm going to have some features, all kinds of stuff. I'm also on the draft pod. I'm on the fantasy football pod. So if you have questions about college football as a whole, about your fantasy football team, send them my way. Make sure you're following us on all the social media. And a shout out to PHNX. That's right. We have expanded into a new market. Big things are coming uh, over at DNVR. I'll talk about that a little bit more on tomorrow's podcast. That's all we got today. Much love, y'all. Enjoy the interview with Trey McBride. All right. Joining me on the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage, we've got a special guest, Trey McBride. Team DNVR athlete and star tight end of the Colorado State Rams. Look, Trey, I mean, I think your, your demeanor post game said it all. It was clearly a frustrating night. That's not how anybody wanted to start the season. But we're not going to dwell on all that. You know, we're going to kind of focus on moving forward because one week doesn't define a season. I will ask you a little bit about that game you could, just because you specifically had a very good game. But, you know, how has everybody responded this week has the, has the mindset been good? Have people been, I don't know, like pissed off maybe even?
1: Yeah, you can definitely see the uh, fire in guys' eyes. Uh, You know, coach uh, really wanted to address the run game and that's what he's done this week. He uh, he's, you know, like, like you guys said, he's changed practice around. He's, he's made it to where the run game isn't going to be an issue ever again. And, and, you know, that's something coach Dazio prides himself on is running the football and when he doesn't get that done, it really frustrates him and it's not, you know, in his best interest. So, like, that's kind of something we've really been working on. But today the offense had a tremendous practice. We came out a little slow, but after about the second, third period, we kind of got some fire going and and turned it around. The practice was awesome. I, I, I mean, the Rams definitely got better today, and uh, that's, that's all we can ask for, so.
0: I mean, Adazio was pretty honest when he talked about the offensive line and just, you know, in his opinion that it wasn't good enough, talked about how guys were getting blown back too much. Now that you've gone back and watched film, how did the tight ends do? I mean, can they step it up a little bit when it comes to the block game as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, you can never you're never as good as you think you are. Um, So that's kind of something that we always are trying to get better at is, is how can we be the best, you know, tight end group in the nation? How can we be not only, you know, the best on the field, but we want to be the best tight end in the whole country. Like as a group, we want to just not fall off when guys go out. So that's kind of something we really pride ourselves in. But it's been, it's been good uh, learning, watching the film and and seeing what we can correct. But there's definitely a lot of things that us, uh, it wasn't all in the offensive line. There's some things that me individually and some tight ends did. Uh, that we can fix and get better to improve for week two
0: you know just kind of on a lighter note how good did it feel to go out there and and play in front of an electric crowd I mean that was as buzzing as I'd felt the stadium in quite some time especially pregame. like I was getting a little bit emotional just being on the sidelines like kind of taking it all in
1: no, it was awesome. You know, after a year of not having any fans and then you go to a game where, you know, there's 30, 40,000 people there. I mean, it's unbelievable The the student section showed up. The crowd was electric. You know, it was fueling. Um, it was awesome to be a part of that. And, uh, you know, I'm just we we're going to get everything fixed. So the fans keep wanting to come back and, and have something to watch. So that's something that I'm looking forward to is to prove to them this week that, you know, we, we can improve and we're not that football team. We're a better football team than what we showed on Friday night.
0: I mean, how much do you think maybe nerves kind of played into it? Just considering, I think that would make sense. You know, a lot of these guys haven't played in front of a crowd like that maybe ever in their college career, if not in a long time. I mean, everybody's hyped up. Adazio said postgame, he felt like the adrenaline levels were really high, especially early in that game. I mean, I kind of think back to the miss, you know, throw to Dante. It was so close, you know, just inches, you know, maybe just a matter of being a little jittery and nerves, you know, playing in, in front of the people, just being a little too excited
1: yeah I think that could definitely be it. Um, you know guys were just excited to get out there, but at the end of the day, um you know we didn't do our job we we didn't win the ball game and and whether there was one person in the crowd or forty thousand um, shouldn't be an excuse. I mean, we should know what we're doing whether no matter how many people are in the crowd, so that's for something sure. that that we're going that we got fixed this week and and we'll be ready to go for week two against Vanderbilt.
0: What are you kind of, what are the coaches emphasizing? I mean, South Dakota State, they really kind of loaded the box most of the game. And I know that kind of forced you guys to throw maybe more than Adazio even wanted to. I imagine you guys are seeing a little bit more versatility or, I mean, it's kind of weird preparing for them just given that, it you know, they only have one game under this coach. I, I imagine you guys are looking at some Notre Dame stuff.
1: Yeah, we definitely have looked at a lot of Notre Dame stuff. We've looked at what they did last week against uh, East Tennessee State. Um, So it's just it's been it's been good to kind of see what they're doing and how they align to different formations and what they think they're going to do against us, uh, you know, since we run the ball so much. So we're kind of preparing for everything. And, you know, uh, it's better to prepare for everything and, and not see it than to not prepare for it and then see something in the game where you're like, uh oh, so we're kind of preparing for a little bit of everything. And that's something that I'm looking forward to is just once we go out there, the first play, we'll know exactly what we're getting and then we can adjust from there.
0: Were you surprised that South Dakota State kind of just stuck with what they were doing? I mean, there wasn't a lot of like versatility. They were just kind of, you know, putting seven, eight guys up in the box and kind of daring you guys to throw. And I mean, the one thing that stood out to me was the passing game. It did get going. I mean, Todd got in a rhythm. He made some throws down the field to Dante. You obviously had 13 catches. It's not like it's not like it was a total disaster on that front, you know?
1: Yeah, it's just uh, up front, you know, we we got to put a hat on a hat. And that's something that we didn't get done in the run game was a lot of guys were missing blocks, um, not going to where they're supposed to go. And that's something that that we've really focused on this week to get that run game going. You got to at least, you know, block somebody, um, whether it's the wrong person or not. You know, you got to block somebody. <laughs> Uh, that's kind of something we've been working on—is is trying to get every everybody in the right spot, blocking the right people. So, you know, we can give David Bailey a chance to uh, to make him, you know be explosive, and, and he didn't have that opportunity on Friday.
0: What did it say about him? Obviously, not an ideal situation, not the best blocking up front. But I mean, he was running hard. He still made some plays late, scored a couple of touchdowns, both of which he had to kind of go through some guys and fight through is that just kind of the type of player he is a or, or really hard to bring down type of dude?
1: Yeah, he is. He's a tough guy. He's smart. Uh, I mean, his legs are huge. He's, he's a guy that you're going to bounce off tackles, but I really felt bad for him watching the film and, and seeing how poor, you know, upfront we did blocking uh, me included. We There's a lot of things that we can fix to give him an opportunity to, to be more explosive and have some more yards. Cause I mean, he, he carried for what three yards a carry or whatever, but I mean, he was, he was, getting tackled by four or five guys and, and that's hard to do, you know, consistently. So if we can get him and get hats on hats and, and block guys the way we're supposed to, I think once he gets going, he's going to be hard to stop.
0: I think CSU fans are going to be happy hearing what, I mean, what you said, you and Scott said post game and what the coaches have said from a sense of accountability. I mean, nobody's making excuses. You've already multiple times on this podcast been like, yes, like there are positives, but at the end of the day, we got to win. That's what the fans want to hear but, you know, I am, I am trying to just kind of point out some of the silver linings. And one of them, obviously, was that the, the punt team played really well. Ryan got off a couple of booming ones. It seemed like the coverage was excellent. Thomas had a great uh, tackle and coverage. I mean, that had to feel a little good just given how much, I mean, every day we heard in camp, special teams, special teams, special teams, special teams, that paid off.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, special teams is something Coach Dazio's prides himself on as well. And, you know, everything that happened last year was, was hard. Was a hard pill to swallow um, for everybody, and uh, this is this is something that we've worked on day in and day out. Is how can we be the best special teams? You know, in the conference, how can we be the best special teams? How can we be the best punt unit in the country? And that's kind of what we do. I mean, we have an unbelievable snapper. We have a one of the you know the best punter in the country. So, I mean, we should be elite on uh, on special teams. So that's something that I really pride ourselves in is, is how can we be the best punt team and not let what happened last year happen again. And and that showed in game one that we can be, you know, a really good special teams team. And that's what we are going to be the rest of the year. So that's something that we can definitely improve on. There's still some things that weren't as good as we could possibly be. So we got that corrected. And I'm excited to see, you know, week two, how, how can we build on, you know, another, like, have multiple good weeks in a row?
0: No, totally. And, you know, again, like I'm not trying to say – or make excuses or anything. At the end of the day, I know everybody wants to win. I know the players want to win. The coaches want to win. But, I mean, special teams were a big problem last year, so it was encouraging to see that, you know, get turned around, especially early in the season. I I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know you got a ton going on this week, but you've got an SEC team coming into Fort Collins and, you know, coming to a Mountain West school. That doesn't happen all that frequently. Obviously, you know, CSU beat Arkansas in 2018 early in your career. What would it mean to you to, you know, kind of like pick up an SEC win at home in front of your fans, especially after, you know, how frustrating the last year has been?
1: Yeah, no doubt. This is a big game for us. This is a game we expect to win. Um, this is going to be a big game for, you know, the culture of our team and how we respond week one. So I'm excited to see, uh, you know, Vanderbilt, they're a good team, um, whether they're at the high end or the low end of the SEC. I mean, they're an SEC team. They they get the talent. They get the recruits that we don't get. So I'm excited. You know, we kind of have that edge about us that we're the underdogs. And we got to go out there and show, you know, the world kind of what we're made of, because, you know, what we played in week one isn't what we're about. And I'm excited to see our team bounce back week two against a really good SEC team. So.
0: What are your thoughts on the new Ag Day helmets? Do you like them more or less than the other ones? I mean, they're
1: different. I think they're awesome. The old Aggie uh, on it is awesome. I'm, I'm excited to see how they all look. And with everyone in them, I think we're going to look sharp. So I really am excited to see uh, how, it, how it turns out. But that, that I think the helmets look awesome. I'm excited to see us all in like a you know new uniform, so to say.
0: I'm pumped. I think they're dope. Um, this doesn't really matter. But what's your favorite uniform? I'm just curious. I like... The more uniform CSU gets, I find myself really appreciating the green and gold helmet more and yeah. more.
1: No, yeah, no doubt. I, I you know, I I really do like the traditional uh, green and gold I think that's you know that's what CSU is all about the green helmet with the you know that's kind of how it's been forever so that's kind of what I like but ultimately you know I'm a Colorado guy so uh, the Colorado State uh, you know the state pride um, uniforms are awesome just being from Colorado that you know means a little more to you um, wanting to play in those uniforms and and play for your state so I think that's very special but you know besides the the pretty you know all the different alternate uniforms we have the traditional green and gold unit can never go wrong with uh you know your true roots and and your colors of colorado state so
0: i like that answer plus on the state pride you guys get to claim you know you guys did it before cu and you know that that's gotta like drive them crazy
1: oh yeah no doubt no doubt and and there i mean that's something that you'll never you can't you can't steal that idea so (laughs) that will stay with csu for a while and i think that's a very special uniform especially for those colorado kids
0: Hi right, Trey. Well, I appreciate you know giving me some time, and obviously we're all looking forward to seeing what happens on the field Saturday night. Ag weekend is personally one of my favorites. You know, I love the, the history. I'm hoping that the crowd shows up again. Should be a fun one. You know, you and you and Scott both said after the game Saturday, stick with us. I'm sure that's still the message, and, and I'm trying to say the same. We got a lot of exciting stuff coming out, and new Trey McBride t-shirt is going to come out real soon. It's going to be super dope. Excited for that.
1: Yeah, I'm excited too. So thanks, Justin. And uh, I'll see you uh, this weekend.